This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to jump into it today. We're in a, we're in a new uh, focus over the course of this fall leading up to, to Advent, December uh, time frame. And we're going to be looking at what it means to impact our world. How many of you want to change the world? You feel something inside of your heart to change the world. But let me, let me just ask you if any of this resonates with you. When I think about changing the world, which means God somehow using me to change a life, I feel totally incompetent to do that in my own ability. How many of you know that there's, there's no way, it's absolutely impossible for anyone sitting in this room in their own strength to change someone's life for the sake of eternity? And I think it's really super healthy to think about that, to healthily process that, and, and, and say, God, how do I navigate this reality of discovering what my competency actually is and where I find that competency? So we're going to take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 today. Um, literally the whole chapter, I'm going to paraphrase the majority of it. But I want you to, to see something here that I think is going to open your eyes to be completely differently positioned as you leave these four walls today and go out into your world. The world that God's placed you in. The world that he's calling you to impact. Whatever sphere that is. Whatever relationships those relationships are. And, and how he's, he's wanting to use you in that space. I don't know if you guys saw, if you've been watching the Olympic, Olympics at all. But Simone Biles, who's one of the um, <clears throat> most top-notch gymnasts of all time, had to withdraw from the competition. If you guys saw that. And the reason she had to withdraw is she got um, what, what they call the twisties. And in gymnastic world, I know this on some level, being a pole vaulter in college and having done quite a bit of gymnastics myself and a lot of my drills, the twisties is... When you lose perception of where you're literally at in the air as you're spinning around and doing all these kind of moves. And it's, it's actually very dangerous. Because think about it. If you don't know where you're at in, um, in the maneuver that you're doing, you could, you could severely hurt yourself, right? So, so this really got inside of her head. Imagine, listen, imagine the pressure of being a gold medal winner and you come back and everybody's thinking, well, hey, if there's anybody competent to take home the gold this year, it's gonna be you, Simone, right? And can you imagine the weight of the world that's on this girl? And I don't know if you've heard some of the testimony of what she's walked through with, with Dr. Nasser, and she was, she was abused, uh, you know, as a young person coming up within this sport. And, and she talks about it. She talks about the pain and the brokenness that's there. And just in this moment, when someone, if anybody was going to be competent, it would have been her. And she came to this place of weakness. And actually, Wendy and I have just been saying, God, would you, would you touch that beautiful daughter? 
and just show her who she is to you and, and relieve the burden of this in, in tremendous pressure that she's under as she feels like her world kind of swirling right now. Let me ask you a question. Anybody over the course of the last year and a half felt your world swirl a little bit, right? It's, I mean, it's been a really interesting time, but listen to me. I believe it's probably one of the most profound times in God if we could see things correctly. The swirl doesn't have power over you, okay? You are not defined by your swirl. You're not defined by the external circumstances that maybe has been trying to come and, and just get you all discombobulated in this time. God wants to bring clarity and he wants to bring peace to every heart in this room and everyone that's gonna be watching over live stream today. How I many of you know that God comes and gives us a peace that surpasses all of our understanding? What does it do? It guards our hearts and our minds in Jesus, right? So we can walk out and we can be stable, we can be centered. We cannot be lost in the, in the swirl and the motion of the activity that God's called us to actually make a difference and bring change to people's lives. Guys, this isn't just about church, it's about God empowering us to change the world. Can you imagine? This is God's heart for us in this moment. Now, a lot of times in the word of God, and we're gonna look at this today in 2 Corinthians chapter three, God has to compare and contrast things to actually cause us to be able to see what he's trying to point our uh, hearts and our minds to be able to see. When I was in high school, um, one of my best friends, Troy, his mom bought this really high-end, luxurious sports car, you know? And you know, you think a car's a car, right? And uh, let me tell you something, a car is not just a car, right? There's a lot of different levels of this vehicle called an automobile. And so coming from the car that I owned, um, which I'm not even gonna say what it was because I'm too embarrassed to confess that before you today, um, getting into his car that his mom would let him drive all the time. In fact, I had a secret hatred for Troy. Can I get an amen? Man, I would just sit in that thing and he would turn the sound system on and it was like we were completely enveloped and lighting in, the, in, this, in this vehicle was incredible. And I was like, man, this is a much better way to get around than what I'm driving. So what I wanna do today, just for the, the, the few minutes that we have remaining, I wanna look at 2 Corinthians chapter three and I wanna compare and contrast the life of Moses and your life. You need to insert yourself in this story if you're gonna see the impact and calling that God has over your life to go and change the world. Every single person under the sound of my voice watching over live stream is a world changer and we don't even know it. So I'm gonna compare and contrast. So in the beginning, Paul, who I love his writings, he starts to talk about letters of recommendation. <clears throat> he's talking about, hey, where our competency comes from. And like, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna talk about who we are and what we're actually doing in the world, who's gonna write these letters of recommendation? And, and he, he basically tells them, he said, do we even need letters of recommendation to validate our ministry? He says, actually, we don't because your lives are letters of recommendation for us. 
So check this out. He's saying, listen, there was something that transactionally occurred through our engagement. I think I've stepped out of my box. Sorry, they got me like all caged in here. I'm where I'm supposed to move around so that I don't get off camera, right? Off camera, on camera. Off camera, on camera, right here in the corner. But anyhow, there's this transactional engagement that, that, that caused something otherworldly to, 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 to touch the hearts of these people where they were different than when Paul and his ministry team had met them before. She said, our letters of recommendation are your very lives. They're permanently engraved on our hearts, he says. Recognized, check this out, and read by everybody. In other words, there's no denying what has happened in your life because of God's grace over our lives. All right? Now pick this up with me in verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, he says, As a result of our ministry, this is New Living, if we could change that to passion, I'm not sure if we can get there, but he says, You are now living letters written by Christ, not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not carved onto stone tablets, but tablets of tender hearts or tablets of flesh. Now here's where he's going to move us and begin to show us and compare and contrast just by the language that he brought here to the law of Moses and this guy named Moses and actually what we now carry in what's called this new covenant. Just to make it simple, there were a lot of covenants in the Bible, agreements, and when these agreements were made, things were set into motion, okay? And there was basically, outside of many covenants, which would be another teaching for another time, there were basically two, which was the old covenant and the new covenant. And so he's comparing and contrasting this ministry. Now he says in verse 4, and you got to catch this, he says, listen, we carry in our hearts this confidence because of one thing. And this is profound if you think about it. Because of our union with God. Think about this. To say that we have the potential because of Jesus to be brought into union, complete unity, complete intimacy, perfect relationship with the Father is unheard of. In fact, when Jesus was calling God his father, it shook up the entire Jewish nation in that day. The religious leaders wanted to crucify this guy by claiming, hey, I have a relationship with the creator of the universe known as the father. In fact, the, the language there is the, is the word Abba. And when he started to talk about this intimate relationship that he had, it, it triggered something. And all of a sudden, man, these guys are like, what are you saying? This is blasphemy. This is unheard of. And he bases everything that he's talking about as it relates to the change of other people's lives on this union that he has with God. Oh man, we could go and we could look at his story and there's a whole lot we could say there. But 
for the sake of time, verse five, he says, yet we don't see ourselves. Come on, check this out with me. You gotta catch this. As capable enough to do anything in our own strength for our true competence flows from what? You gotta catch this. God's empowering presence. I mean, I don't know where all of you in this room have come from in terms of your church experience. People try to classify believers in different categories, right? Like, well, what was, what was your, you know, God journey being raised up? And, and we, we probably all have our story. But despite whatever denomination, despite whatever stream, despite whatever network or, or, or group that we've been a part of, there's one thing that's common for everybody. If you're gonna change the world for real, it's that you have the competence, not of your own ability, not of your own self, but one that flows from God's empowering presence. If you believe that, say amen. I need a better amen. I need a louder amen. Because listen, everything else means nothing. In fact, Paul said it. He's like, listen, I had all this pedigree. I had all this training. I had all of these things, which the Lord used. Not, he doesn't throw those experiences away, but they're fueled by one thing, the presence of God. The literal presence of God that now indwells us. We'll get to that in just a minute. He says, he alone, talking about Holy Spirit, makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. This is verse six. You don't have to put it up. I'm just paraphrasing here as we move along. And he said, our, our ministry is not based on the letter of the law. It's based on this compare and contrast new covenant that we've been brought into, that we've been made a part of. He says, even though the ministry that was characterized by chisel letters on stone tablets, listen to what he says, it came with a dazzling measure of glory, yet it produced death. Hold on, wait a minute. You're talking there's something glorious that in the end of the day produced death? Absolutely. And that's where, listen, you can get drawn into all kinds of things that have a measure of glory in it, but at the end, it's not sustainable long-term to actually bring any transformational change in the earth. It fades, it withers, and it ultimately fades away. Now listen, I just gotta let you in on, on what's going on in my world right now. I can't explain it, but I felt as clear as day the Lord speak to me at the beginning of 2020 and he said, Darren, less is more. Simplify your life and get back to the basics again. And what that looks like is my son giving you access to me and my heart and my presence. 
everything else. Listen, there's been a lot of noise. There's been a lot of talk. Like Julie said, the generation has lost their voice. They've been squelched. They've been shut down. And then all of a sudden in 2020, it was like Pandora's box. Now everybody's got an opinion about political stuff or our COVID stuff or this or that or the other. And there may be real validity. There may be even real truth in the opinion that they've come to find. But all of that is just going to phase if we don't have the foundation of understanding that we've been brought into this intimate relationship with the Father through Jesus and everything must work from that space. We're going to talk about Holy Spirit here in just a minute because this is super important. In fact, he he said, listen, guys, there was something glorious on Moses. The Israelites couldn't even look at his face. We got to give credit to this guy. He's like, he's hungry. He's like, show me your face, God. Or basically, take me out. I want to see your face. And guess what? The Lord came and showed him his face. Passed right in front of him. Can you imagine that? And then his face began to glow. Real deal. Like, there was glory on him. And he had to cover it at first because if anybody looked at him, he would probably just fall down as as dead men. Mm, Gosh, guys, what would it look like if we carried that same kind of glory on that which we can, which is inside of us, which is possible, where when we just get around people, they're like, they're like, whoa, what is it about you in your life? Man, this is where we're going with this thing. But his was... Powerful but fading. First it was, don't look at me or you're going to fall over. The next thing is, I don't want you, want you to see that it's going away, that it's diminishing. So look at verse 8, and I love these how much more verses. Man, we're in a how much more moment. It's like death came to the world through Adam, but how much more? Life through Jesus. Where's your faith? In the first revelation of Adam or the how much more of Jesus? Where's your faith? In the, in, the, in, the, in the revelation of what Moses brought and the law and all these other things we could get into or the how much more of life in Christ? He says, how much more? Radiant, verse eight, is this new and glorious ministry of the spirit that what? I feel like I'm going to implode right now, for real. That shines through us. Through us. Not to us, but through us. How much more glorious is that? Verse nine, for if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory, come on, say it with me, how much more does the ministry that imparts, ooh, you gotta catch this language, righteousness, You know what that means? That means whatever was, just break it down. Let's cut out the religious language. Whatever was wrong is now right. 
Whatever was messed up has now been redeemed. Whatever was off kilter now has been brought into right alignment. When you couldn't hear, now you can hear. When you couldn't see, now you can see. Like everything that was like kind of not really right, not really you're feeling all the swirl, you got, you got this, the spinsies or whatever, you're about to drop out. God's like, listen, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna make things right. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna straighten your stuff out to where, man, every mountain will be made low, every valley exalted, everything that was crooked, it's gonna be made straight. I'm coming in and I'm actually doing something. What's going on in the world is not like chaos under destruction. It's, man, you know, it's that whole, like, just like in the beginning, man, where there, there was that swirl on the earth, and it was, it, you look at the Hebrew words, it's tohu bohu. Sounds like some bad vegetarian meal, right? But it's talking about, like, literal chaos and craziness. And then he said he spoke his light into the darkness. The darkness can't comprehend it, meaning it can't overcome it. You guys are coming up way too early. No, come, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Did you see them freeze? Oh. And then he says stuff, crazy stuff, like I'm the light of the world. And then he points to his disciples. And what does he say to them? You're the light of the world. So what is it? It's both. He came to show us what's possible. And then he said, now I'm empowering you. I've taken some keys back. I went down in the middle of death and, I, and, and, and the, the, the authority that was subverted from humanity that I always had intended purpose for us to like manifest the presence of God in this world that, that, was, that was discarded. Now I've redeemed that and I'm trying to find some ones that want to grab a hold of those keys. Verse 10, what once was glorious no longer holds any glory because of the increasingly greater glory that has replaced it I mean with all due respect I meet a lot of well-intending people I think they actually really love the Lord and they're faithful they're 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 you know they show up at church and stuff but when I talk to them a lot I'm like man I can't live under where you're at right now it's fading I've been there For the sake of time, I just want to say a couple of things. When he was talking about Moses, he said, their hearts under that old system, because the law of God was written on stone, they became hardened and they weren't able to sustain the very purposes of God for their life. Listen, there is a battle for our hearts right now to harden our hearts. Come on, do you feel it? I mean, offense, challenges, problems between people, relational conflict. I mean, it's never been like it is right now. Would you agree? Trying to harden our hearts, right? But the problem is, is that the enemy has overplayed his hand because this is not about stuff that's on tablets of stone anymore. He's coming and he's writing literally his laws upon the flesh of our own heart. I tell our team, you know, people will say, well, this is the sanctuary. Listen, no, this is not a sanctuary. This is a, a building with some carpet 
and a few lights and some concrete walls, which are not awesome for running sound. Um, <laughs> your heart is the sanctuary where God dwells. Why is that an important shift? Because it elevates a person over a place. And a little move like that in your mind will start now to positioning you to go, hold on, wait a minute. The dream that you have and you've always intended for humanity, you've wrapped people's flesh around that dream. dreams per se God has a dream and he wraps our flesh around it and when his spirit is breathed upon us that dream now becomes begins to come alive listen there are people in this room it's time for you to begin to dream again to dream again He's talking about the Jewish people at the time. But the moment, verse 16, one turns to the Lord with an open heart. The veil is lifted and they see. Now look at this, verse 17. This is, this is it where we're wrapping up. He said, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is, there is that's being made practical to me. It says that the earth is in travail. There's a lot of stirring. There's a lot of twisties. And it's waiting for one thing, the revelation of, of, of this, sons and daughters of God, right? And it says those who are led by the, those who are led by the, are sons and daughters of God. So as I bring this home, what does that look like for us? I was, I was telling Julie this morning, we had a weird week. You ever had weird weeks? You ever had weird weeks where you're like, it's the zombie apocalypse. I'm certain of it. You know, something strange is going on. Have you ever had one of those kind of times? It was like that kind of a week for us. It was like, Anything and everything. If you, it's, at some point, you just start laughing because you're like, this is just unbelievable. Like, I mean, last night we flew in at 2 a.m. after doing a wedding and it took the guy, you know, that drives that little thing that kind of hooks the little platform that you walk off onto, you know, from the plane. It took him like 45 minutes to get that somehow lined up. I was like, I even started just praying in tongues for him to get this thing lined up. I mean, it was like, I was like, this guy needs some help. I'm just going to start praying in the spirit because I am. And you could just feel that thing, that thing in my heart, you know, my heart. And I was like, Lord, I can't do anything to fix this today. I can't 
I can't straighten out all the craziness that's going on around me in my own ability. And I just find myself just closing my eyes and saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And then what he speaks, and I bounce this off. I'm not just a lone ranger. I bounce this off all the friends that I'm running with. What he speaks, I begin to just be obedient and run with. And something starts to happen. Liberation starts taking place. Can you imagine like if the entire church, collective big C church around the world was submitted to the Lordship of Holy Spirit? Wow. And their hearts were softened. I know that your eyes, okay? I wanna sing that, Megan. And, and as we go into this, here's what I wanna, I wanna ask the Lord for today. If there's anything in your heart that needs to be softened, don't check out right now. Hold on. Anything in your heart that needs to be softened by God's love, let him write his words on your flesh. Come back to a place where there was that joy like you had before. There was that sensitivity where, man, the times when you didn't know what was going on, you're like, listen, I'm not going to let any of that phase me right now. I'm going to dial in to what God is doing in the moment because I'm part of a greater covenant. One where as you change me, you'll change the world. Father, you are beautiful. felt that come God and bring understanding over every life in this place every heart that's listening that you care that our lives are not a joke they're not happenstance that they're intentional 
that despite our circumstances, you are with us. Okay, what about the widest wool thing? He's got wisdom for how to get you from where you are to where he's taking you. Come on, let's just soak that in. God, come. Father, come. And we just submit and we ask for your wisdom to come and manifest in our hearts. We can't come up with it ourselves. There's no way. Come on, all of this room. Speak, Holy Spirit, today and moving forward, the wisdom of heaven over our finances, the wisdom of heaven over our relationships, the wisdom of God over the dream of God for our lives. Come on, you ain't giving up that that easily. You ain't just going to quit right now. Heck no. God's got something way bigger. You're just on the threshold. pick them up and you're free to go but let's just take a few minutes if you're able to stay and just go there with the Lord just say God I want to hear you I want lordship over my life as it relates to the Holy Spirit and he's going to open something up for you today he's going to open up a window God bless you guys have an amazing Sunday Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.